a copy of God's Word and turn to Matthew chapter 28. If you didn't bring your own, there are several in the pew in front of you or beside you. I'd encourage everyone to have a a copy of God's Word out as we study it together. I'll remind you that it is living and active. It's true. It's God's Word. It's His only Word. and Everything He says in it is true. And we can trust it. Um, Let's read from Matthew 28. Uh, We'll read the the whole chapter. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples... Behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up and took hold of his seat and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go up to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the, to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall indeed stand forever. Let's pray. So, Father, as we come to uh, the preaching moments, we pray that you would give unction and anointing to the preacher and hearer alike. O Lord, a story, a, a true story that we have read many times, I pray would be fresh to us this morning, that we would see our risen Christ all the more clearly. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Well, it's been quite a week for a group of godly and noble ladies. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, Salome, the mother of uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Joanna, and some other unnamed women. These godly women had traveled with Jesus, many of them providing out of their own pockets for His material needs. And many of them had been the direct recipients of his ministry. Mary Magdalene herself had been, uh, uh, the Lord had driven out demons from her. So they would have followed him, these ladies, from Bethany on Palm Sunday, and rejoice with the crowds that the king had come. They would have listened from afar in the temple courts 
as he taught with authority throughout the week. And when Jesus was betrayed and left to die by many of his disciples, all except John, do you know who was there? Mary, the mother of Jesus, and these noble, godly women. They were there, they stood by Jesus' earthly mother and comforted her and watched on as their Savior died. Some of these ladies even would go with Joseph of Arimathea and and Nicodemus to the grave and watch as they wound his his body up in, in linen cloths and sewing in aloe and other spices and watched as they struggled to roll the the large stone over the never-used grave. Saturday must have been bad. Saturday must have been an awful day. We don't know what these ladies did on Saturday. They rested. We know they didn't work. Perhaps they went to temple to worship. Perhaps they stayed in bed all day for grief. But they were kept from finishing their job. These were planters, like most women are. You know, most of them are planters. And they planned to meet before the sun went up on Sunday to go and to finish the process of anointing Jesus' body for burial. Sunday came, and they gathered. Can you imagine that walk to the tomb? What would it have been like for those ladies? Would they have talked? Would they have shared stories? Were they cried out? Or did they have tears left to shed? Perhaps they sang together. Perhaps they sang psalms of lament. Perhaps Psalm 22, which Christ quoted on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Surely in that moment they struggled not feeling with God having forsaken them. These were ladies, godly, noble ladies, in mourning. Mourning not just because of the loss of a friend. We've, we've all lost friends and that's a terrible pain. And we, we, we struggle with mixed feelings of sorrow and, and denial and shock in those first few days. But, but to them, their mourning was deeper than that because someone more than just a friend had died. They had traveled intermittently with Jesus over those years and and they had seen the amazing things He had done. The blind could see. The lame could walk. Those who had been bound by sin were freed from them. Demons had been excised. Hope had been given to the hopeless. They had seen Him raise people from the dead. Lazarus not long ago. He had taught with authority not like the scribes and Pharisees. And he paid attention to the women and he, and, he, and he saw their dignity. And now he was dead. The one who claimed to be the king and the savior of the world, he was dead. And what did that mean? They mourned as they walked to the tomb that morning. They didn't go expecting to see a live Jesus. They had forgotten. All the, all the disciples seemed to have forgotten the promises of Jesus. Hey, this is going to happen. I'm going to die. And then three days later, look for me. Because I'm going to be walking. I'm going to be alive. I'll be raised from the dead. They went in unbelief for sure. But, but let's give them a little bit of slack. They went because they loved Jesus. 
They were doing what you do with the bodies of those whom you love. They certainly were outshining the, the male disciples. They were going because they loved Jesus. And so as, as they went along the way, it suddenly occurred to them in, in their fog. You know that fog, right? They didn't know how they were going to get in. It had taken several to move the, the stone in front of the, the tomb. And it would have likely been on a downhill slant to make it easier and to keep it in place. These ladies weren't strong enough. And they realized, how in the world are we going to get into the tomb? But do you know around the corner, the Lord had already taken care of that. See, they walked thinking that Jesus was dead. But something had already happened around the corner because Jesus was alive. They were still living in darkness. And they were still crying because they hadn't heard the good news. They were living in doubt and fear. While the reality was their Savior had already been raised from the dead. I think in a lot of ways, this explains our existence before we come to know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus here this morning, I'm so glad you're present with us. When we live in unbelief and before we turn our lives over to Christ, we live in two realities. One's real and one's not. Just like those ladies lived in the reality that Jesus was dead when He wasn't really. But before we become believers, we think the world's about us. And we think we don't have any problems. And our sin isn't a big deal. We're living over here, but the reality's over here. They hadn't turned the bend yet. They didn't know the reality that Jesus was alive. My friends, if, if you don't know Christ this morning, know that there is a reality. And you have a sin problem that must be dealt with. And it is true whether you like it or not. See, at the graveside there was a lot going on. Cravers had already left. The green tent was gone. And an angel had appeared. And an earthquake happened. And the rocks split. And the roaming guard that was there to make sure that the disciples didn't come and steal the body, they reacted in a very significant way. We read in verse 4, For fear of him, the angel coming down, the guards trembled, because and became like dead men. Whereas the disciples and the ladies had forgotten that Jesus was coming back from the dead and He said He would, the Jews had taken it seriously and they'd asked for a Roman guard. And Pilate gave them one and, and said, send these men to the graveside and they will stay there through the third day to make sure that the disciples don't come steal the body and say the resurrection has happened. And so they go. And they make sure by sealing it with wax that the grave won't be tampered with. But you know, our God is stronger than the wax of a Roman official. And he had already been raised. When the angel descended, he rolled the the stone away and he sat on the stone. Now, he didn't roll it away so Jesus could get out. He wasn't knocking on the other side. Angel, you're there yet? He had already gone. We'll find out later he can walk through walls with his glorified body. He walked right out of that tomb. He was already gone, already raised. When the angel descended, those men became like dead men. I wonder what they saw. We know they saw the angel and were terrified. Did they see the the stone get rolled away? Did they get a glimpse into the empty tomb? We're not told. 
I wonder if they were the first witnesses of the resurrection. We don't know if the soldiers were still lying on the ground when the women got there. But the women turned the corner and they saw, as they were wondering, how in the world we get into that tomb? They saw that it was empty. Did they see the Romans on the ground or had they fled? Had they passed them running? We don't know. But can you imagine the shock? Can you imagine the shock? They were expecting a dead Jesus. And what they got was an empty tomb. Praise be to God. When I was young, I remember we stayed at some fancy hotel that had a a really cold swimming pool and a really hot, hot tub. And my parents said, you can swim in one or the other, but you can't go back and forth. Because apparently, the shock from extreme cold to extreme heat is not good for you. Can you imagine the shock, the cold fear, and mourning that began to melt in their hearts as the angel began to speak to him? Speak to those ladies, don't fear. Don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus. He's not here. He's not here not because the the, the dogs got in. He's not here not because the Romans tampered with the the tomb or, or the disciples have already been here to steal it. He's not here. He has been raised just like He said. Just like He said. From other accounts, we learn that the ladies go into the tomb to see where his body had been, and they were spurred on by the angel to go and quickly tell the disciples what Jesus had done and had been raised from the dead. The text tells us, verse 8, they departed quickly and they ran. Isn't this what you do with good news? There were still those who were living in the old reality that Jesus was dead. They didn't know the truth, the good news, that Jesus was alive. And they needed to know. This is what we do with the gospel, right? When we do turn that bend in the road and we see that that Christ is lovely and that He died for us and that I have a sin problem and so do you, but Christ dealt with it on the cross and the fact that that the tomb was empty means that His sacrifice was accepted. When we turn that bend, we run to Him and then we go and tell others, how could we not that the tomb is empty? Praise be to God. They went with fear and joy. I think that describes well how I would feel. Probably more fear than joy, I don't know. They're not mutually exclusive. As Christians, we mourn with hope. They were fearful and so excited. And even better, Jesus in His mercy and His love, He suddenly shows up in front of these ladies. And he doesn't say anything profound. What are his words? Howdy. Hi. The Greek, greetings. And what do they do? They launch themselves at his feet and they grab hold of him. I love that. They grasp him and they worship him. Isn't that what we do when we become believers? When we see that the debt of our sin has been paid, that all that junk that keeps you up at night all the stuff that plagues you from your past, that Christ has dealt with that on the cross, and He has nailed the record of your debt to the sin, and it is no more. What do we do? We, we throw ourselves at Him, we grasp Him, and we worship Him, the risen Savior. 
The women do continue to tell the disciples. And guess what? The, the women believe that the disciples don't. Uh, Peter and John will run back and then maybe believe, but really only believe when they see Jesus later. And then Thomas has to see him later. It's, it's amazing to see the, the contrast between the believing women disciples and the unbelieving male disciples. But all, all this is going on, there's some other stuff going on. The, you remember the Roman guards who had been put there and been struck as if they were dead? You know, the, the Greek actually says there that uh, they are trembling. There's an earthquake, and then the same word is used to describe what's going on with those guards. The, the, the earth quakes, and so do the guards. And it's hard to tell, as one person has, has noted, who's shaking more. Well, they go and they, uh, at least some of them, some may desert. We don't know what happens to the rest. Some may be waiting for the others to go. They go and tell the chief priest, uh, you know that thing you told us to watch out for? It happened. Now, the Jews have been waiting. They've been, they told Jesus, give us a sign. They said, look, the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. That means I'm going to go into the grave and then three days later rise. That's the only one you're going to get. And guess what they got? They got the sign. And what did they do? They hid it. They repressed it. They paid a bunch of hush money to these Roman soldiers to keep it quiet. They didn't believe. Let's step back and ask a very important question. What if the tomb had not been empty? What if the tomb had been full? Could we then just continue to do this thing we call church? and gather for good meals, and sing good songs? The answer is no. The resurrection is the very center of the gospel. Without the resurrection, we're, we're just foolish. We're the most to be pitied, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What if when the women turned that corner, and instead of seeing an empty tomb and the angel, what if they had seen a stone and a bunch of Roman soldiers? Well, Romans 4.25 tells us that Christ was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Justification is a fancy word for being forgiven and declared righteous before God. It's necessary for salvation. It happens at our conversion. And without the resurrection, that's not possible. We can't be justified before God because the record of our sin hasn't been dealt with. Anybody can die for anybody. But only the God-man Jesus can die for somebody and have what he did applied to somebody else. And we know it worked because the tomb was empty and Christ was raised from the dead. 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen said, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You hear that? It's not somewhat okay. It's not mediocre. If he hasn't been raised, your faith is futile. It's in vain. And you are still in your sins. My friends, we have a sin problem. We are born into this world sinners and therefore we sin. We spend all our lives proving that we're sinners. And because of that, we have a debt before our God. Christ is king, whether we accept it or not. But this king is great. Because he would step down out of heaven and become poor so that we who are poor might become rich. That we who are his enemies might be his friends. That we might be saved. What is your resurrection reaction this morning? We've seen lots of reactions in our text. The, the guards were scared stiffless. My grandmother used to say scared twist-legged. 
They were scared twist-legged. They became like dead men. The ladies, they, they believed and had fear and joy at the same time. And the Jews, they, they knew it had happened and refused to accept it. What's going to be your reaction to the resurrection this morning? You know, there's not enough hush money in this world to keep the good news of Jesus down. There's not enough hush money in this world to keep the gospel quiet. When the good news infests our souls, when we see that we are unrighteous, but Christ loves us and died for us and rose for us, we come running to Him. And like those ladies, we grasp Him. We worship Him. Have you done that before? Do you know Jesus? Are you here because your family's here? I'm so glad you're here. But I encourage you to, to listen Because God loves you. And there's nothing that can separate you from His love. There's nothing, there's nothing from your past that disqualifies you from being saved. When Jesus tells the the lady disciples here to go and find the men, notice what He calls them. Does he say in verse 10, Go and tell those scoundrels who left me at the cross to die. Does he say, Find those traitors who said they'd be with me. Then they betrayed me. Those hooligans, those ragamuffins, those dead men, those cowards. What does he say? Go tell my brothers. Oh man. Go tell my brothers. I'm alive. My friends, Jesus loves you. He died and was buried for you. He was raised on the third day. My friends, He's coming back one day. And when He comes back, He's going to make this whole world new. Don't miss it. Don't be in hell. Be in heaven here on earth. Receive your resurrected bodies and like those ladies, grasp Him for all of eternity. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank You that the tomb was empty. Praise be to God. We thank You that we are no longer in our sin, but we have salvation. We rejoice in the depth of You, O God, our Father's love for us. O Lord, may we live in that love and our identity as Your children daily. In the name of Jesus, Amen.